Welcome back to Mouthful with me, Shanti. It is episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. Today's episode, I am interviewing a sex worker. Her name is Delphine. Uh, Sex workers often face a lot of stigmatization and discrimination, and their voices are often ignored. So my intention for this episode was to get a better look into sex work through Delphine's personal experience. I also think hearing from sex workers can help challenge stereotypes and misconceptions about the sex industry. So here we go. I have a personal hygiene question. Oh, really? Do you douche? No. I don't either. Thank you. It's supposed to be really bad for you. It, it, I follow a gynecologist on Instagram, and she's always like, douching is bad. But I hear so many people talking about douching. I see the capitalist bullshit on yeah. commercials. Yeah. And, and like patriarchal bullshit. I know, right? Your pussy's dirty. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, my experience is that many of my clients, like, they want the pussy to be like pussy natural yeah earthy yeah i don't know i think the best way to explain it is i have a friend he's a gay man but he said when he likes to suck dick he likes it like end of the day dick mm. sometimes because it has that natural essence of the person i can't say that i personally relate to that <laughs> but i know <laughs> there are pe- a lot of people who like it like that pussy or dick or whatever you know i'm bad i don't relate to it at all because i'm nervous of having a bad experience Mm -hmm. and so i don't i don't like to do it because i want to save both of us by preserving the (laughs) the good scent memories that Mm -hmm. i have Mm -hmm. and so i don't want that ruined yeah so i will be like why don't you go rinse off even if i preemptively i'll say that before i even know if it stinks or not yeah because i just want to preserve that good space yes i think that's great one thing i will say as a as a sex worker is that i you know i make all my clients shower before and in my personal life now i'm like oh i can't believe that people really fuck without like showering first because it's like it's so great yeah it's just let's keep the space clean like i love when the sheets can be clean i love yes it's just if we're getting the space the cleaner it is i think the more fun we can have yeah because then then you're not worried about like is there something yeah yeah and then you can even a scent can negatively impact my experience Mm -hmm. and so i just feel like such a that's when I really feel like an old woman where I'm like, what's that smell? <laughs> now I can't totally. focus until that smell is figured out. You know, totally, like, I totally, totally. Totally. like, you know, when like your aunt comes into your kitchen and she's like, like, that's what I feel like if he didn't smell like soap. Like, I love the smell of soap. Yeah, it, it does get me excited when a man smells like soap. I'm like, oh, and that means he's clean. I like like a little bit of natural yeah. scent, but like. I have, like, a thing that I say, which is that if you've been in your car for more than seven minutes before you come to see me, you have to take a shower. Because they're always like, oh, I showered at home just before I came. And I'm like, but you've been in the car for, like, 30 minutes, and there's a lot of ball sweat that happens down there, you know? Yeah, and then if they smoke in the car, the Mm -hmm. scent of that takes over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you mentioned it already. We started off without me even mentioning it, but today our guest, we have Delphine, uh, who uh, is a sex worker. Yeah. And really, uh, I feel like there's so many things that I want to know and I want to also elevate, you know, your voice. And so, you know, I just uh, I guess to start off with what what type of uh, sex work do you do? So I 
have done a lot of different sex work. Right now I'm an escort and I also am a pro dom. Okay. Yeah. Pro dom. And I and you told me this when we when we talked before, but can you explain what pro dom is in case anyone yeah, doesn't know? Totally. <laughs> so a pro dom is a professional dominant. So in the kink BDSM world, it's someone that like is a professional at dominating people. Okay. Yeah. And are there any uh, do you have an OnlyFans page? I do have an OnlyFans, um, but it's not like super it's not like a large part of my income. It's more for yeah. just the way that people can kind of get to know me better. Do you feel like um do you feel like there's any hierarchy in the different types of work? So there is actually this phenomenon called the horarchy. The horarchy. Yes. Um, where there totally is a thing where, and uh, this is like a broad, How do you feel about that title before you, before you break it down A horror? Horrorarchy. I think it's a great play, okay, great play on words. Great. Um, so there is like this phenomenon and obviously I'm speaking broadly, it's like a stereotype, but there are some like people that are like strippers who are like, oh, like people that do full service are like below me or like there's people who are escorts who are like high end escorts who are like, oh, people who are like street based sex workers are like below me or like doms or like people that like suck dick and are dominant or like below me. And it's this there's plenty of people who are not like that, but yeah. it is kind of a phenomenon that happens in the um, adult industry. I feel like that would kind of make it. I feel like that would hurt the community in the sex work industry because, of course, I'm not a fan of hierarchy in any space. But yeah. I feel like having hierarchy like that kind of only further preserves the kind of stigmatization of sex work as a whole. Well, yeah, it totally does. And it also, like, further hurts or makes things risky for, like, the people who are, like, less privileged or less protected yeah. in the type of work that they do for sure yeah yeah so we gotta abolish abolish hierarchies in all in all their forms, forms. yeah totally yes. totally totally yeah so i guess then with what you do mainly um let's stick with maybe escorts or yeah. either also in in pro dom work yeah i guess what do you do to mentally prepare before a session so it's really different between escorting and pro dom sessions because escorting is uh, you know, there's like different kinds of things. Like some of them are just like people want something physical. Some of them are more like involved. Like you might go out to dinner or like do an activity or something. But there's a lot less mental preparation. Um, mm. I just, you know, think about what I want to talk about with the person or mm. something like that. And then with domination, like usually, you know, because it's such a broad thing, there's obviously like a more specific thing that like that person wants so I have to like think about how the time is gonna go mm -hmm. um and like kind of plan out the different activities or like bondage positions or whatever whereas with escorting it's pretty much like well we're gonna do this thing and then we're probably gonna like cuddle and chat for like the rest of the time or maybe we'll have sex a couple times or like you know but like it's just gonna be like cuddling and chatting yeah yeah with the dom sessions do you have like a chat before to know like what to bring or what to prepare for yeah totally so i use a space like an order like yeah so i use a space that is pretty well equipped so with like kink stuff so i don't usually have to bring much but um yeah i have a talk with them um usually like 
via email. So it's kind of complicated because, like, as a dom, I also do full service. And so um, you can't really, like, talk about, like, that kind of stuff via email, Mm -hmm. like, sex acts or whatever. But um, I do. Because of. Like the criminalization. Yeah. Of, some okay. people will talk about it. I personally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to stay safe with like, yeah. you know, just watching your ass. It's just like my thing. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so, but yeah, I'll, I'll ask them like, what are their kink interests or did they have something in mind for the scene? And then they'll give me kind of a general overview so that I can make sure that it's compatible with like what I want to do mm-hmm. in kink sessions. And then. If, when we schedule it or when we meet, um, you know, we'll have a more in-depth talk and we'll talk about what are your limits, you know, here's a safe word um, and all of that more, like, specific stuff. Um, What's majority of your clientele? Um, definitely escorting is the majority of my clientele right now. Are they mostly men? Like, oh, I, don't I just see, assume. I see. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly men. I've okay. had, like, a handful of women clients, a handful of non-binary clients, and a handful of... Um, like other like gender queer type of clients and stuff. Okay. But, yeah. And uh, with the guys, um, well, I don't want to make any generalizations, but is there like an ethnic group that like, um, and I'm only asking because I know within the Indian community, because people are so sexually oppressed because of how agency and your sexuality is so shamed uh, that a lot of Indian men feel like they need to seek uh, sexual pleasure yeah. um, through sex work. Uh, and so I guess I was just wondering, through your experience, do you feel like there is a majority of any any group, or do you feel like it's just equally spread across the table? I mean, I think, like, it's probably representative of, like, the demographics mm-hmm. of the Bay Area, and, maybe. Yeah, and we're in the Bay, so. Yeah, so it's, like... Um, it's like a lot of white people, mm-hmm. probably the second most demographic that I see is Indian people, like yeah. the second highest. And then, you know, people that are like Hispanic, people, black people, like every kind of person. Yeah. Um, but I think that might be like representative of like the percentages of people in the Bay Area, but I don't right. really we know. We do have a lot of yeah. Indians here. Yeah. Especially like in the South Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, to kind of expand on that then, I was talking to an Indian guy um, that I know, and he has some friends that are seeking asylum, that mm-hmm. are here, um, you know, without the visas right. and things that you need to legally right. uh, be here. But um, he said that a lot of Indian men that come here are not equipped with the tools to be able to essentially seduce women um, and so sex work really helps mm-hmm. with that connectivity mm. that they feel like they can't facilitate themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like cultural differences play a role in keeping some of these men from connecting with women so they feel like um, they can connect with you because you're making, you know, this is your job and you're making money, so it's not it's a profit for both maybe? Well, I definitely think that um people that come from cultures where like sexuality is like heavily repressed or suppressed mm-hmm. um definitely can use sex work as a way to like gain skills and just Heal. be more comfortable with their own sexuality there is this other thing 
that I would recommend even more because, like, I'm not a therapist, you know. Yeah. But there's a thing that's called sex surrogacy, which are people that are trained and they actually work with therapists. And so um, I think that is something where people that want that kind of healing can have, like, an even deeper, more meaningful experience. Um, But also, like, sex work, seeing an escort is also a great way to, like, feel more comfortable yeah with yourself yeah yeah i think that's really great because i know a lot of times it's like if you're unfamiliar and insecure not comfortable if you can unpack some of those things and gain some knowledge and maybe heal from some things sexually with you know someone who it's their job to totally in that way i think that's awesome well and i will say that like there is this kind of view that is actually part of the hierarchy that like oh if you're like doing this as like a healing work then somehow it's like somehow better than other people or something and like for me it's really important that like my clients actually have the agency to decide whether or not they want to seek healing Mm -hmm. whether it's with me or in any other situation and so I personally don't like put that on myself or my clients that oh this is like a healing experience but it can be if that's what they get out of it and my friend um once said something about this that I just fucking love she was like yeah sometimes people just want to be a car wash for dicks and that's okay too Yeah, (laughs) yeah exactly yeah 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 you don't have to feel like you're some healing you know goddess just you know helping everybody out you could just want to be a car wash for dicks yeah totally yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Awesome. And, and so what I wanted to ask then is like with your clients, what are majority of the activities that they want you to do to or with them? Like in a kink session? Or, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, most of the stuff they want to do aligns with my interests because that's mm-hmm. what I also like to do. Um, so like cuckolding role play, um, strap on chastity play um cross-dressing um like forced and coerced like what's chastity play chastity play is like a chest they wear like a chastity device um and so sometimes it's just in the session and it's part of the fantasy some people and i haven't done this that much but a little bit sometimes they want you to like hold the key for them so they have no choice wow yeah do they have these tools themselves or do you have them and they like um they would have to like get it or have it and okay yeah yeah like, that could be expensive having yeah all and these there's products yeah there's all sorts of like different options it's pretty cool and with cuckolding it would just like they would bring their wife and, and... well with cuckolding it's usually more of like a role play of like talking about it okay um um some people would bring like a male sex worker into the session to like cuckold the client. Okay. Um, or like. I'm I've, sorry, what does that mean exactly? Cuckolding, oh, cuckolding the client. That means. Okay, so that means the client is the cuckold, right? And that means they're the one watching or. Well, so cuckolding <laughs> is like, so cuckolding is like kind of this complicated fetish. There's a lot of different ways that it can play out. The way that I really like it to play out is where the client is like, you know, like a deep submissive, not just like observing me having sex, where the client is like a deep submissive and they're not worthy to like fuck me. So they have to be like subservient to me and whoever I'm fucking. Um, And um, 
you know, a lot of the things that go along with cuckolding are like, oh, he has to like clean another man's jizz Mm -hmm. out of my pussy or eat it out of the condom or Mm -hmm. something. Or he has to like serve us drinks before we like fuck. Or he has to like be in bondage while we're like fooling around. And um, a lot of it is about like masculinity. Like a lot of the people that are into being the cuckold want to be told that they're like not um, like not a real man. They're yeah. like too pathetic or like, and a lot a thing that comes along with that is also like small penis humiliation. Mm-hmm. Many cuckolds want to experience small penis humiliation and that goes along with like the whole thing. I feel like these things that you're listing and like it, it have to do with masculinity, like you're listing cuckolding and then strap-ons and cross-dressing and um small penis humiliation all these things i feel like make it sound like masculinity is like a really hard thing to deal with yeah and it's kind of like breaking free out of a prison like let me just break free of this shit and just wear something that doesn't conform to my gender or watch someone else maybe have sex with my wife or 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 also have anal sex and not feel like I'm gay for it. Yeah. It seems like masculinity can be a prison and the only place that you feel may be comfortable to heal from that is with a sex worker. Yeah. Or even even there are people that do this stuff in their personal life, not with a sex worker. Yeah. I mean, I think there I think that kink whether you're doing it with like a professional or in your personal life. I mean, I guess if you're doing it with a professional, it's still your personal life, but hopefully that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um, there's like so rich, juicy grounds for like healing all sorts of things. And like, it doesn't have to be that. It can also just be fun, but it's like, yeah, I think, you know, the same things in patriarchy that hurt like women also hurt men in like different ways and these are totally ways for them to like play out those yeah like insecurities those fears all of that kind of stuff yeah 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 no i could see that helping out <clears throat> a lot of men just escape from that yeah so i wanted to talk about so cool. with small with small penis humiliation what are some of the things that you've done to enact that um, a lot of it is just talking. So, you know, telling them their their penis is, like, pathetic. They're not a real man. They don't deserve to, like, fuck any pussy or come close to, like, a pussy. And are uh, you saying this, like, angrily? Like, are I'm you... usually, my, per- there are people who do it, like, angrily. My personal style is to actually be, like, extremely sweet and fucked up at the same time. Okay. Um... Is it like, oh my god, wow? Yeah, look at that little dick. Yeah, kind of like. Don't maybe- get excited, all right? I'm gonna start charging. I just did a little <laughs> yeah, bit right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that for free. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, Gotta learn. Gotta learn for the pros. Yeah, <laughs> and um, or I'll be like, oh, your dick is like made for your hand, like yeah, that kind of stuff. And then also, there's some things like all like make them like eat their own cum or like I'll make them be in humiliating positions or you know stuff like that yeah yeah and are their dicks always small you know you would think that they are but they're not 
it's like sometimes it's really awkward if they're like if you're like oh your dick's actually kind of big but you want me to tell you that it's small i think that's like, the game they're just yeah. like look at the difficulty she's having yeah with telling me my dick's small because it's so huge but <laughs> so like one thing that i've done with some people that actually have larger dicks but they want to be cuckolded or they want to mm-hmm. be humiliated is that i'll find something else about their dick like maybe they like come too quick or they like lose control of their orgasm yeah. somehow or maybe they can't get, keep it hard or, like it's you know weird so color yeah or like i'll find something else like, about look at that it. weird vein <laughs> yeah wow that vein's like so crooked yeah <laughs> but i mean it's so powerful because what is a i mean i'm sure it's a lot of men's nightmare to be yeah. with a woman and have them be like whoa what the fuck is happening with your dick yeah and so it's yeah it's like a so fun funny, playground big dick problems i, I just want to feel humiliated <laughs> yeah i'm so tired of having this big old dick <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> oh wow yeah, so with humiliation, I guess, you know, I don't, and here, and on the, my intention is to never make anything sound weird. I don't think anything should be shamed in the boudoir. Yeah. Like, I think sex should be embraced. And so humiliation, let's talk about erotic humiliation. Totally. Um, I guess it's, I mean, I don't know too much about BDSM, but what I have heard about it is that there's a submissive, dominant a, a power exchange yeah. going on here with humiliation and um and i guess i don't i don't know like what what else with that like what do people well, gain from it well well first of all i also want to say that to me like outside of a bdsm session i would never like shame someone for having a small dick like this is not like my yeah. ethos it's like a thing that I do in a scene yeah, that has totally. like clear boundaries. But like, so what do people get out of humiliation? Um, I mean, I think about this stuff with like a lot of kink and a lot of my own kinks. Cause sometimes I'm like, why am I like this? And I'm just like, it's fun. Yeah. It's hot. And some of them, I think it can just be that simple. Yeah. I think there are people, there are definitely people for whom it's a lot deeper than that yeah. um, where they had some experience, um, you know, where they felt deep shame and it was during puberty and it kind of like turned but them But these kinks aren't always related to a wound or like a traumatic event. I feel like a lot of people relate kinks sometimes to something like mental health or, or trauma when sometimes it's just someone's kink. Yeah, like sometimes... You just, like, saw a movie, and you're like, wow, that was kind of hot. I feel like people do a lot of putting down sexual things, which is why I could see where the dehumanization of sex work, it's because of the lack of agency people have in their own sexuality, which then leads to that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's definitely people that have kinks that are rooted in trauma or like Mm -hmm. difficult moments there's also a lot of people who have kinks that are like i don't know why i like this it just feels good and i think both are totally valid and it doesn't yeah like i totally agree with what you're saying like it's just like people that say like oh like all sex workers were like had childhood trauma or like sexual childhood trauma even and it's like yeah no, that's not Such true. a stereotype. Yeah, it's a and, stereotype. Yeah, and it's just like any group of people. Some people have, some people mm-hmm. haven't. Just like in kinks, some people have had some trauma that their kink is based off of. Some people haven't. And 
it um I hate that it yeah. is stigmatized like that because yeah. it's like, can you just think about how expensive the world is? First off, that is the trauma. Yeah. It's how expensive really is shit is oh where I'm God. thinking about selling my body just so I can pay the rent and bills. And you know what? If there's people that are out there to, you know, um, spend money on it, considering the gender equity wage gap, like how much money can you know, a woman in society really make to pay for everything. If sex work is paying the bills, then yeah. why not? I feel like that's just another way to preserve like the patriarchy. Yeah. Is um, by criminalizing it. So oh, then, absolutely. The, then they can continue to make money off of, you know, the criminalization of it. Totally. Well, I will say a couple of things. One is that like sex workers don't really sell their bodies. Um, they just sell their time like a massage therapist or like okay good or no, like yeah or thank like, you I want to say yeah the way. totally like or like someone that works with their body more heavily like um, uh, a common example that I've heard people use is like a coal miner you know mm-hmm. they're like so doing this like really hard physical labor mm-hmm. um, and so it's like we're actually in capitalism where like all kind of selling our bodies and finding mm-hmm. the work that we can do that maybe grinds down our bodies in the least harmful way yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Um, and then another thing I want to say is that there are totally male sex workers. And so that I don't like know as much about like the experience of a male sex worker mm-hmm. since I'm not one, but like there are a lot of like issues, like women's issues, like within sex work but there are also male sex workers and there's like a whole very bustling like gay side of the sex work industry that i honestly don't know that much about but i imagine they have their own kind of sets of issues and Mm -hmm. and everything like that yeah yeah what do you feel like do what are the differences of course in regards to safety which i would totally want to cover in a second what are some main differences you see between um i guess women doing sex work and men doing sex work um i think it's like a lot of things in the world where like who's who's the guy from magic mike channing tatum yeah so i think he was like a male stripper Mm -hmm. and he's like celebrated for that and he is like famous now and he has like a movie that's based on being a male stripper whereas if a woman is a stripper or a sex worker it's like scandalous it's like harmful to her career there's so many stories of women um there was this woman i want to say her porn name is like gage or something like that and i read this article about her she was really famous i can't remember when she was famous maybe the 90s early 2000s sorry if that's wrong i can't remember um but she many years later went back to school to become maybe like a medical assistant or like a phlebotomist or something and they found out who she was and they like I can't remember the full story, but it's like she somehow couldn't continue in the school because of this. And it's like, you know, it's such a double standard. Men are always praised for being more promiscuous or doing something like that. And women Mm -hmm. are like put down. And I'm I'm sure there's also men that have had things like that happen Mm -hmm. due to doing sex work. But it's just kind of like a trend that I see. I think there are probably also a lot of the same struggles. I don't know personally, but um, that's, like, one that I've just seen, like, kind of played out in the media. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely do want to bring up safety when talking about um, 
sex work. So I guess what are some, you know, what are some things to consider when thinking about safety in this line of um, work? So, like, a lot of sex workers screen their clients. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, give details about how we do it, but mm-hmm. um, it just means we, like, verify as best we can that they're, like, a safe person to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other things that people do, like, if I'm going to an out call, which means I'm going to their hotel or their home mm-hmm. with someone I haven't met before, I'll, like, let my friend know and, like, be like, hey, if I don't, like, text you by this time, like, here's what you should do or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, and also I think, like, I've been really, really so lucky and very grateful that I, like, work in kind of in community. Like, there's so many sex workers in the Bay Area. Most of my friends are sex workers. And through that, I've been able to, like, when I was starting, I was able to learn so Mm -hmm. much about safety and what I should be worried about versus what I should not be worried about. Um, Like, in the Bay Area, like, um... Or maybe, like, in the city that I'm working in, like, for me, like, the police are not as much of a concern, I don't Mm -hmm. think. So um, I'm not worried about that aspect of safety as much, more just, like, the people that I'm going to be seeing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like the criminalization of sex work has, like, influenced any harm that may come to you? Um, well, so I am a person, I have a lot of privilege. I'm white. Um, I work indoors. I use the internet to advertise. I have Mm -hmm. like a computer and a phone and I can just like put up a little ad and et cetera. I can make my own website, you know, and those things are all real privileges. And Mm -hmm. so I honestly, I mean, obviously criminalization affects me to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it affects me greatly. And just like any type of criminalization or like governmental uh power right it affects people who are already more marginalized of course like people who may be on the street doing it who don't have access to understanding or having access or resources to do it online or things like that right right exactly and these are the same people that are also harmed by like other systems of oppression in the country like maybe like it more proportionally affects like people of color and like um, people who are like lower income already mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so I guess on a lighter note okay <laughs> when I think about you know you being open with your clients and like you know doing things that make them feel comfortable maybe mm-hmm. help them heal have you had any of your clients ever aspire to be anything more with you like maybe be romantic with you since they felt so satisfied so, with their time. So, yes, for sure. And when that happens to me, is there's it's two things. It's like one, oh, I'm like really good at my job because my goal in my job is to create like a magical experience for yeah. them, and I want them to like forget that this is what it is. I want it to feel mm-hmm. like really sweet for them, and I really honestly like when I walk into a session, I'm like, oh, like the feeling that I have is like, oh, like this could be like 
an amazing encounter. Like that's yeah. the feeling that I want to bring to it. Um, so it says, so I'm like, okay, I like did my job well when that happens. And then the other thing is that um, it's also a bit disrespectful because yeah. it's like, would I, would you ever ask anyone else to like do their job for no money? Yeah. Like, um, but when that does happen and it's only happened like a handful of times, mm. My friend, um, you know, we have this, like, special relationship that exists within this container, and the mm -hmm. container is time and money, mm -hmm. and we can have, like, real intimacy and real love and real affection within that container, but our relationship does not exist outside of this container. Yeah. And I really feel that that is true. I mean, some of my clients I've been seeing for, like, many years, and, you know, it's, like, really sweet, and I'm so grateful for it. Nice. Have you yeah. found yourself developing feelings for any of your clients? Mm, not so much. I think there's definitely clients where I'm like, ooh, that was like fun or like, or I like this client. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing for me where it's like I can have like real feelings of like intimacy, love, friendship, whatever within that container. But I think for me, because in my sessions, I'm really bringing like the best parts of myself to yeah. show the client. It's not that it's not my full self, but I'm not going to be like in my sweats, like eating cereal yeah, from the TV. Yeah, because they're paying for a certain right. fantasy or whatever. Right, yeah. and so I think that kind of tempers that inclination for me. But I definitely like have clients that I really yeah, appreciate like, and like work. spending time with them you know I mean yeah. it's work and it's also fun but it's definitely like a job and it's work but it's also really fun and sweet and you know I imagine like maybe I'm trying to think of another profession that like might feel that way I don't know I can't really think of anything but yeah yeah it's just this is a certain type of energy that I'm bringing to here not to be confused with something larger yeah 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 so I wonder you know of course, not all, and I'm just sticking with clientele that's men, not mm -hmm. all men are married right. that see sex workers. But I wonder, for the ones that are married, have you ever had a situation where um, a partner or spouse finds out and approaches you or maybe even collaboratively tries to work with you to heal that man? No, you know, I haven't. Um, a lot of people have, though. Yeah. Um, I... I'm like, maybe I should, like, knock on wood. I'm like, I haven't had that experience yet. Um, she's like, I'm okay with you fucking my husband. Can, can, but can we figure out why the fuck he does, you know, something yeah, like that? I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't had anyone ever contact me, thankfully. I think that if someone did contact me and they were angry, I would probably just not respond to them. If someone contacted me and was like, let's, like, work on this man, I would be like, I'm not He'd be like, um... That's going to be double. <laughs> well, I would probably be like, you should get like a couples therapist. That's like, yeah, not, right. that's not me. Yeah. 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 So I guess earlier you were saying that, you know, when you joined this community there, you got lucky with people that were teaching you, you know, yeah. the ropes and yeah. things. Um, no pun intended because there are ropes involved. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess how do you really learn how to do some of these things? I'm really envisioning like. Let's say a guy wants you to step on his balls mm -hmm. with some high heels. Yeah. How do you learn to not sma to smash them, to not make them explode under your high heels? So I would definitely recommend if people are like, 
I want to do this. I mean, I think you need to be doing kink in your personal life mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, especially in the Bay Area, but also I imagine in a lot of other cities, there's like tons of classes. There's also a lot of online classes. Oh, really? There's like yeah. online, so is there like an online class to like learn how to properly step on balls? There probably is. I don't Shit, know. Well, you can learn anything online. Yeah, you okay. really can. You really can. So there's a lot of online classes. There's in, in the Bay Area, there's a lot of in-person classes. Um, and also like, so for me, in person classes. Yeah. So there's like a man, there's like balls. Yeah. With a man attached to it. Yeah. Or a person like, this is how you step on it properly. Yeah. Or like maybe the person would give like a description of how to do it. And then like maybe a brief demonstration, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. I'm kind of interested on observing the situation like observing it happening but also you want to like audit the the class yeah i want to be like whoa he's feeling this from that whoa like i just want to understand it you know yeah that's crazy yeah well it's not crazy but it's just so different to me um so i am interested in how uh but yeah so there's classes to learn these things yeah and so and then also for me and this isn't necessarily something that i would recommend to everyone but when i started as a pro dom I actually worked at like a house, which is kind of like an agency. And so I had already had a lot of kink skills at that time, but that is a way that a lot of people um, learn um, and just feel comfortable and safe because there's like people around and other people can like teach them things and like, you know, stuff like that. But like that, those types of situations are not always good for people and it can get kind of weird. so, so let's yeah. say you're like, let's say someone that's listening right now yeah. is by themselves listening and considering like, you know, I've had really vanilla sex my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually am kind of intrigued by, um, you know, getting involved with some kink. Yeah. How does someone, and let's say they are single. Yeah. So they don't have like a partner to explore with in that way. Yeah. How does someone start navigating the journey of introducing themselves to kink? I mean, there's so many online resources. Also, like, online dating. There's, like, so many kinky people. There's this app um, called Field that is, like, like F-E-E-L-D. Field? F-E-E-L-D. It's, like, a dating okay. app. But it's, like, it's more for, like, people that are, like, not monogamous or, like, kinky or, like, looking for, like, that kind the of Indian thing. The Indian in me is, like, that's spelled wrong. <laughs> spelled wrong. No. But, yeah. So there's uh, a site for this. Yeah, there's also, like, a, a social networking site called, like, FetLife. Then why can, the like, fuck are people on Hinge always trying to hit people up for that shit when there's a specific site for this? Well, it can be for any site, but these are just ones that are more geared towards that. I don't have much experience in understanding too much about kink or BDSM, but I'm uh-huh. always open to, like, understanding spaces I haven't traveled in. Um, so we were thinking about maybe having some kind of demo of something that we can learn and so tell me what things you may have brought or what things you're thinking so i brought like two different um like pairs of boots um thank you um the ball crushing boots yeah well more just like ball maybe like ball kicking for me more ball kicking yeah um or it's called ball but it's a fetish called ball busting is it like um, a soccer kick or is it just Yeah, like... sometimes you kick them really hard Whoa. and sometimes you like knee them in the balls and stuff like that. Yeah. Um wow. and um so I brought two different boots for that. I brought a flogger, but I actually don't know if like this room is 
quite big enough for that. What it, what is what is flogging? Do you want me to show you what it is? Yeah, tell okay. me because this is a room. This is okay. like this is a room one that something someone can sleep in. Well, I think it would be big enough, but there's like all this other. Oh, like, got it! I got it. In here, so I'm like, I don't want to like fuck it up, but it's just like this like oh. whip. And so, what's nice about flogging is that it's kind of good because it doesn't always like hurt like you can make it hurt but sometimes yeah. it kind of feels like nice like a massage vibe you so know t- yeah so tell me what what do you do what is it how does it feel massage um, I like massages it feels like it can <laughs> feel like have you ever had like um, someone like just like bang on your back or something like it can yeah, feel like kind of one, like this that. choppy move where they go like this yeah kind of but then if you do it like harder or like certain ways then it can be like oh, a little I more painful how that yeah can feel massage-y. yeah 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 and so, yeah, you need room to be able to, like... Yeah, there's, like, a little bit too much, like, things here where I'm, on. like, I yeah. don't want to be, like, hitting things and no, knocking them course. over. No, of course. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's really... Can I... Can I... Yeah, totally. See it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you would, like, grip it like this and then, like, bring it down on someone? Yeah, like, you can do it, like, on their upper back. You can do it on their butt. Um oh. Yeah. Like, you just take a couple if you didn't have the space and, like, whip them like that. Yeah, there's actually really little ones, too, that are super cute. Oh. Yeah. Cool. What kind of, like, scar? Does this cause, like, any bruising? Um, Does it cause, like, any bruising or scarring or anything? Well, most things in BDSM, like, don't cause scarring because most people don't want permanent marks. Yeah. So this can cause a little bit of marks, but mostly... Mostly flogging doesn't cause okay. marks that much. Like, you might have marks, like, redness for, like, an hour or two. But if someone goes really hard, then you can have marks. Like, there's also different types of floggers. So this one's, like, pretty soft. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this might actually be deer skin. Um, but there's definitely other ones that are, like, different materials or different textures that would be way more likely to cause marks. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, I'm sure it feels exerting sometimes then with some of the things. Do you feel like it's a little workout um, sometimes? You're like sometimes, but I'm like a super physically active person. So there you go. to me, it's like feels good. You gotta stay in shape for yeah, this work. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So tell me your your two different boots for okay. kicking and so squishing. I, brought, I don't know. I brought these just because they're just Damn. like so visually great My goodness um but these i would really not wear these for anything besides like photos or a video because yeah. okay i was just gonna ask yeah, how do you move they're a pain to walk around in they're a pain to i would wear them if someone was like i really want you to have wear you this stepped on anyone's session. balls in those um i actually don't think so do you step on it with the front part or the back part? Yeah, you mostly step on it with the front part, and you can, like, lightly step on it with the back part. Yeah. Like, you have to be... I don't even have balls that hurt my, like, You have to be really balls. careful. You Usually, usually like, what I would like to do is, like, hold on to something. Oh, like a little Thai massage lady. And then, yeah, so you can really be balanced and yeah, be really weight. careful. Okay. Because, um, yeah, you do have to be really careful. Um and but so yeah so these i don't ones are not your kicking balls ones no because they're it would it's a little bit hard to like i mean i can walk in them pretty well but it's like i just feel like they're a little bit um i have ones that i'm, I'm like more comfortable with okay. um for doing stuff like that but i would definitely wear these if someone was like i have like a boot fetish do you have like any crazy boots okay perfect like, yeah. cool 
Um, and then these are the ones that I would more so wear nice. for, I've definitely kicked and stepped on some balls in these. Um, How many balls would you say that you've kicked in those shoes? Numerous. I, I don't know. I couldn't count. Um, but these are just like. How much distance have you gotten? No, <laughs> these are just more comfortable. They're like easier to balance in. They're easier to walk in. So, and I feel like I have more like precision with yeah. them because I'm just a little bit more comfortable. Have you stopped um, anyone from having kids? I don't know. Man. Hopefully they didn't already want to have kids. But people that are into ball busting, like they know that those kinds of yeah. things are a yeah. risk. They're like, I've already had my children. Maybe, yeah. Or they Take don't the care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for showing me that. I've actually, yeah, yeah I didn't, I, I, that's something I didn't even think about. Like the different type of um, just footwear Yeah. you would need. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess usually we end this, uh, you know, we end with uh, a question on how to be better towards the person that is our guest. Mm. And so I guess in regards to like sex work, how can people navigate either approaching sex work? Okay, let me let me rephrase mm-hmm. this question. How can people behave that's best for sex workers? I mean, I think one thing that people can do is just realize that it's literally just a job. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't have to love their jobs. People can like their job because of because it makes them money because we live mm-hmm. in capitalism. Um, and like people, yeah. And so I would say just treat it like any other job when you're mm-hmm. talking to someone about yeah. sex work. Like don't sensationalize it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, do you like love sex or like all this stuff? I'm like, I'm a human. I like having sex. Yeah. But, like, it's not – not that it's not about that for me, but it's, like, it's just a job. Some days yeah. you have a great, some days you have our shitty, you know. So I would say probably just that mentality could be helpful for people. So I guess what's uh, what's something that you, that you feel like it's really brought to your life that you're appreciative of? From sex work? Yeah. I mean – like, the most obvious one to me is, like, the, uh, in a financial way, but also in other ways, like, sex mm-hmm. work has allowed me to do things that I never imagined I would ever be able to do. Yeah. Um, and it's not all related to money, but it's, mm-hmm. like, money has allowed me to have enough time to, like, do, like, introspective inner work or, yeah. like, um it's allowed me to like focus on other interests that I have because I have Mm -hmm. time to do that. Or I also have like extra money I can spend on taking like classes that I'm interested in. Um, And so it's like the lifestyle that I want to have where, um, and I do work a lot at times, but it's like, I have like the flexibility and like the empowerment of my own schedule and my own time. And it's like giving you agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really feel that for myself. There's definitely people who don't feel that way. And mm-hmm. like, I think both things are valid and that's just like my experience, but I'm like, so, so, so grateful. Also, like some of my clients are just like, great. It's like yeah. so fun to like spend time with them. Um, and also like 
my friends that I've made in the sex work community mm-hmm. are like, I mean, all my best friends are sex workers, and I'm like, it's so sweet and juicy, and I love it. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad Thank that you. you feel that way about Thank it. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show and yeah, talking about, I think, you know, a profession that a lot of us maybe don't open up and talk about. And I want to normalize what, you know, what I want to do with this conversation is, is just bring normalization to that. So I really appreciate you being on the show. So, so we could do that. Well, thank thank you you. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, How do you figure out your pricing? Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, whichever platform it's on. Give us a five-star rating. I always appreciate it. Just like we mentioned last week, we are going to be doing a mouthful with Shanti episode with me as the guest. So if you have any questions for me, please submit them on a link that is on my Instagram or my TikTok or my website. And uh, take care of yourselves. Until next time. Shanti out.